Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Charles. And I'm Chris. Hey, we got through it right this time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, miracles. Miracles will never cease. Uh, well, I think we got a fun show for you guys this time. We're going to talk um, a little bit about uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We're five episodes in now. And... Um, so we're going to try to talk a little bit about that and try to avoid uh, um, spoilers if possible. If uh, if we can't, we'll uh, post a little bit of warning about that. Uh, we also want to talk about um, the new uh, Love and Thunder uh, movie that's coming out for Thor. And then uh, we got some stuff about Andor and uh, Willow. Um, so <clears throat> well, let's kick it off here with Strange New Worlds. And uh, I know, Seth, you've watched, uh, what, the first one or two? First two episodes. And Chris, you've watched them all? Just the one. Oh, just one. Okay. Yeah. And what about you, Charles? Any? No, not, haven't gotten okay. to it yet. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, we'll try to sell you on it, Charles. So That'll work. Uh, Lynn and I are, are five episodes in, and um, I am really liking this series. Um I, I think uh, maybe the thing I like the most about it is the standalone uh, format, the standalone episodes. So the <clears throat> the character development is um, um, evolutionary through the season, but each of the stories, um, the adventures that they're on is a standalone story. And so we've had some different uh, different kinds of things. Um, and uh, I, I will say that uh, as the season went along, each new show that came out became my my new favorite. Um, hmm. uh, through um, through episode four, and um, episode four now stands as my favorite of all of the shows. Uh, for five shows in, um, but they're all really good. Um, but uh, the thing I liked about um, episode four, um, it deals with the the Gorn, and um, it is filmed kind of in the style of um, a World War II uh, submarine battle. Um, you basically have uh, the crew. You have the crew of the Enterprise. Um, uh, battling um, the Gorn, um, what do they call it? The Gorn hegemony or something like that. Um, 
and the enterprise is taken by surprise they're caught off guard uh they go to a world that had issued a distress call and um they get a surprise attack and so as a result uh they're a bit damaged so they have to flee and fortunately for them uh there is a uh, red giant nearby that happens to be caught in the gravitational pull of a uh black hole and so they uh hide in the atmosphere of the the this red dwarf um and they have to go they have to go pretty deep into its atmosphere to escape the gorm uh almost to the point where they're at hull crushing depth and oh. uh, the thing i liked about it is as they're you know on different parts of the ship and they're going deeper into this atmosphere of this um uh, sun um the the hull is creaking and groaning like you know you see in these submarine movies where these subs are going deep to try to you know either escape depth charges or to escape another submarine yeah. and try to hide in these thermal layers and um because of where they are uh in this um uh, stellar uh, body, the sensors don't work properly. And so they have to devise a new method of trying to track where the enemy is. And uh, so Spock figures out that they can use this system that sort of tracks um, the uh, movement of the fluid uh, because a ship traveling through it's going to form this wake. And so yep. while they can't pinpoint exactly where they're at or um, you know, what's happening, they can get a direction of movement uh, from the enemy ships. And it's uh, it's it's very dramatic and very intriguing. And uh, the the bits of information that we get about the Gorn and how they communicate and how they function uh, was very good in this as well. And um, there's some very good uh, moments between um, Hammer, who's the chief engineer on Uhura. They're kind of uh, trapped in a uh, cargo bay uh, with a device that's um, gone critical and, and could explode if they're not able to, uh, to um, disarm it or uh, uh, deactivate it. So there's that going on. And um, also the way that they have to escape to get away from the Gorn because um, there's, uh, it's basically three against one when they go into this uh, stellar body and um how they managed to get it down to one-on-one -on -one, uh was challenging but then they're still in no position to really fight that one gorn ship so they have to come up with kind of a unique way to get out of it and uh you can see from the end of the way the the episode ends that uh, we're definitely not done with the gorn and they are poised to become the new baddie um for the federation uh, at least uh, for the foreseeable future in uh, Strange New Worlds. So I thought that was very good. Um, episode five was very, uh, very good as well. Um, in my mind, it didn't top uh, episode four, but uh, if you're a fan of the original series, or e even if you aren't, I would suggest um, watching uh, the episode called A Mock Time. Uh, it's where Spock, um, uh, is going through Pond Far and he has to get back to Vulcan because, uh, his, uh, 
his betrothed is there and he's supposed to get married and go through the mating ritual or whatever. And um, his betrothed um, decides that she's in love with another man and uh, has uh, Spock uh, fight Captain Kirk to the death. And so that uh, you can see this episode kind of lays the groundwork for that episode in the original series. So I would recommend watching that because there's a lot of homage to that original series episode in uh, in episode five of Strange New Worlds. And uh, the other episodes, the first three episodes were also very good. Uh, Linda, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the first three episodes? Do you want to talk about any of those? I mean, I think the, um, the first three were very uh, directed toward learning more about specific characters. So you le- learned more about Pike in the first at one, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Uhura in the second one? Uhura and then, was the uh, second. And then mm-hmm. number one, or Una in the in the last one and i think that really helped to flesh out especially because we didn't know much about number one besides i mean she was a very brief character in the original uh, didn't right. even make it to regular to the regular uh, it was just in the the very big beginning um so it was nice to learn more about her and to find out that she was actually an alien was just wow <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't expect that at all <laughs> well i guess yeah yeah so, yeah, that was yeah. an eye-opener. I've yeah. seen the first two episodes. Yeah, and what do you think, Seth? Well, it's kind of interesting for me because I'm actually watching uh, the, the the Strange New Worlds at the same time as the as I'm actually getting around to watching Star Trek. season two of Star Trek, where they first come in. So I'm getting things a little bit mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this the one where they go to the planet where the people on earth word know that's got that red angel time suit thing so that's in discovery <laughs> right but, yeah. Uh, yeah so i did uh, pick up on the first episode very much about kind of pike and him like regaining his uh his confidence in himself yeah ability. getting back uh, his mojo to go out, out into space after mm-hmm. getting exposed to the klingon time crystal where he saw his future 10 years down the road, which is very, uh, very traumatic. <laughs> a little warm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, and oh, go ahead, Seth. Sorry. I was going to say the second episode really strikes of classic Star Trek to me, like that next generation feel or the original episode feel. I didn't watch much of I haven't seen too much of the original series. You want to talk uh, about the second episode a little bit? Let people give an overview of what that's about? Yeah, so uh, the Enterprise uh, pursuing its mission of exploration and discovery is uh, checking out this alien world that's kind of yeah, it's kind of shitty. It's not a great place to live, uh, but there are people living there, and there is a comet passing through uh, that they then determine is going to impact the planet so they're like okay we're gonna change the course of this asteroid and uh save the world they'll never even know we were here uh all in a day's work for the good crew it's it's not the prime directive yet it's uh no but that's where this leads to um 
it being called the Prime Directive. It, it was them kind of uh, doubling, yeah, doubling down on that that initiative. But yeah, yeah, right. The first episode kind of it's not where the Prime Directive was born, but it was where it was kind of solidified. Yeah. So uh, they're gonna change the course of this asteroid only uh, when they they detect that there's a structure on it and they go and investigate it. And while they have an away team, including Uhura, uh, down uh, investigating it, a ship shows up that uh, they're like, yeah, you need to keep your hands off my our asteroid or we're going to kill you. And they're fully capable of doing that, being a more advanced ship. But apparently, and they call themselves the Shepherds, I believe. Yep. And they believe the asteroid is holy and the bringer of life and death, and they follow it around. And so the episode is not to spoil anything here, but about kind of about uh, Uhura finding her own confidence uh, and them being able to sort the situation or sorting the situation out in a very Star Trekian manner. Mm-hmm. Huh. Working within the rules and not trying to just shoot your way out of the situation. Right. Which yep. is something I like. <laughs> uh, I also like seeing, uh, or I, I am very interested in where the uh, the Kirk character, Sam Kirk, is going to go. Uh, or as I think we're going to affectionately call him Guy. Right, because... Guy. Mm, guy. so much mm, like guy. guy from Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there air? Even, you don't know. And even kind of likes him, uh, uh, acts like him in that. I know, <laughs> just a little bit. And it's yeah. kind of hard not to see that they like that's something they might have been going for. It's mm-hmm. like he's kind the actual guy yeah. from yeah. Galaxy Quest. Right. Right. Um, and... Uh, I, uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention about um, episode five, which was really cool. <laughs> so in episode five, uh, it takes place in the enterprises at space dock for the whole, the whole episode. So a lot of it takes place on the space station, <clears throat> Starbase one, which is a very storied star base um, in the Federation. And um, it's been uh, rebuilt um, after the Federation Klingon War, which we see in Discovery. Um, and so all of the crew is heading off onto the Starbase. They've got um, these giant forests um, from Earth that were uh, created on the Starbase. Um, scientists um, use that to try to save some of the biodiversity of Earth um, as Earth was going into its uh, Third World War. And by the time the Third World War ended, um, the forests had become so um, grown up that it was impossible to really, you know, bring all that stuff back to Earth. So they just left them there as giant forests uh, out on the starbase in space. So um, Dr. Mbenga is um, actually going fly fishing on one in one of the forests. There's a big, you know, uh, lake there and 
So uh, they seem pretty massive for us, I guess. But anyway, all the crews going to spend time on the Starbase. Some of them, uh, like Nurse Christine Chapel, she's going to meet with this uh, male friend of hers uh, who she has uh, a relationship with. Um, it's not a, <clears throat> they kind of go into the fact that she doesn't want any commitments. She just wants to have um, uh, relationships uh, or uh I guess, encounters with uh, other individuals. And they also kind of uh, interesting uh, reveal the fact that it appears she's bisexual uh, in that she also has had some relationships with some women as well. So that was kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit that we never got from the original series. But uh, the one thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was pretty cool is that, like I said, everybody goes down to the Starbase except mm -hmm. for um, number one, uh, Una, and uh, La'an, the security chief. And uh, as Mbenga and Chapel and um, uh, some of the other bridge crew are getting ready to beam down to the Starbase, um, they mention about that um, Una and Laon, or specifically Una, I guess, has a nickname, and uh, uh, they don't want to. They don't. It comes up accidentally, and then they realize, oh shit, they spilled the beans because she's there in the <laughs> transporter room with them, right? And uh, so she's like, "What is it? I want to know." You know, now you, now you have to tell me. You can't. And you they, can't undo this, <clears throat> right? They said, "Well." You're known as uh, the place fun goes to die. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, with that, so, yeah. So, with that, she beams him down. And uh, so, yeah. So, her and Lon are uh, uh, having a lot of discussion about that being where fun goes to die. And, you know, well, you know, I... I just don't think the crew knows me because, you know, I've got this number one position. I have to remain kind of aloof and I have to be professional and all that kind of stuff. And it's not my fault kind of a thing. And, and as they're having this discussion, uh, Laon gets a security alert that there's uh, some unauthorized activity in one of the airlocks. And so uh, Laon goes to call for backup and number one says, well, I'll be your backup. I'm right here. Let's just go do it. So they grab their phasers and they run to the airlock and they open it. Well, it's uh, it's two ensigns from the lower decks. And uh, they... Uh, I was really hoping you meant the lower deck show. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, crossover? Well, that's crazy crossover. That would be a crazy crossover. Anyway, so they so it's kind of hilarious because they um, each each one of them, uh, number one and Laon, they take one of the ensigns and they go into a, a room where it's they're doing like an interrogation, and Una's like the good cop and Laon's the bad cop, and the whole thing is really kind of hilarious the way it plays out. But what they find out was is that these two ensigns were playing a game called Enterprise Bingo. And it's a list of like, I don't know, I think it's 12 different things that 
uh, is a challenge that you have to complete. And, and these 12 different things are usually things that are um, not, you're not really supposed to do. They may not be entirely forbidden, but they're certainly not sanctioned, not normal things. Um, and some of them may be actually against regulations. <laughs> um, and so uh, Laon actually uh, goes into one of the crew, the one of the ensign's quarters and steals her pad to get the list of items for Enterprise Bingo. Hmm. And they decide that <laughs> in order to better understand the crew, that they themselves need to complete that list. Ah. So, so they start going through and doing the list things, and uh, and it's pretty hilarious. And some of it references back to uh, other shows, even which is kind of interesting. Uh, but one of them that I thought was uh, pretty cool is that uh, one of the uh, things is I think it's the last thing on there is sign the scorch, and huh. the scorch is a piece of deck plate on the hull top hull of the saucer section it's the only remaining original piece of the original enterprise that hasn't been replaced and it's scorched from some battle and so the challenge is to go out there and that's what these ensigns were going to do they were in the airlock putting on spacesuits, and they were going to go out there and put their add their names to the scorch and so uh uh Number one, and and Laon decided to do that, but rather than wear spacesuits, they just erect a force field um, over the hull, and they just walk out there in their normal clothes and go do it, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. Um, but the funny thing is, they do get out there and they sign it, and you know, <clears throat> my thought is going forward, how is that going to change these? future ensigns that go out there to do this enterprise bingo thing and see the signatures of Laon and number one on there, how will that change their perspective of those two officers knowing that they completed the enterprise bingo game themselves? So I have a it's feeling that may... kind of, yeah, it's also kind of a uh, implicit endorsement. Right. Of the process. Right. So what do you it's think, Linda? Me? Yeah. Regarding. <laughs> Enterprise Bingo or any, what was your favorite episode so far this season? Um, I mean, everyone that comes out becomes my favorite because it's so unique and so different. Um, yeah. So I think as far as, <laughs> as far as the whole signature on the Enterprise Bingo thing. Yeah. Thank you, Bird Bird. Sign the uh, Scorch. Sign the Scorch. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I, if I were to go out there and do that, I would think, oh, look, somebody faked these guys' names so that it <laughs> looks like they really did perform uh, this and did this, but not really. So, yeah. Okay, so we should go through this list here because it's awesome. It is awesome. The first item on the list is use the transporter to reflavor gum. Yes. What? So what they, they, did so what they do there... As they go to sick bay, Lon puts a piece of spearmint gum in her mouth and chews it to the point where the flavor's gone. Okay. And then the moment the flavor's gone, number one, 
dematerializes her and then rematerializes her back in the same spot. And she says, okay, what about it? She chews the gum. She goes, yeah, it tastes like spearmint again. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Well, apparently something about the transporter is it reconfigures it enough that it, it tastes like spearmint. There may be dematerialize it and you, well, that's like keeping her the same, but then rewinding the state of, I know, right. Because if it was in a state where the flavor was used up, it should be, it should come back in that state, but that's kind of right. Does that not, not apply to food? I guess maybe it's something that's biological. It, it, it stays the same, and if it's not, it somehow redoes it back to its original form. But you can probably make the transporters so this entity comes back like it was, but this changes. I mean, hmm. don't you think you can do that? I'm starting to have horror flashbacks to uh, Galaxy Quest here, where <laughs> if you do it wrong, you might end up inside out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it exploded. exploded. And it exploded. <laughs> right. <laughs> Technical difficulties, we'll have it sorted out in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Item number two on the list. Yeah. These are stun duel. Yes. Oh, so yeah. they're in the hallway. So they they in the hallway and they got them on their holsters and they set the stun to the lowest setting. And then they, they go one, two, three. And right when they say three, number one says, hold it, wait. But it's too late. Lon's too fast on the trigger. Pulls her gun out and shoots her in the arm. <laughs> She's like, like, ow! <laughs> you have to, like, this should be an actual sport on every starship, right? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we were talking the other day on uh, the other podcast I'm on, Trucker's Delight, where people uh, are positive now that this is going to start becoming a thing at Star Trek cons where... Everybody's oh, going to have to play Star Trek bingo and there's going to be different challenges. Oh, God. And actually, they did a version of Star Trek uh, bingo on the Ready Room, which is the after Trek show hosted by Will Wheaton, where they talk it. about, you know, that particular episode. So they mm-hmm. had the whole crew and they had a whole list of questions um, ranging from have you sat in the captain's chair on the bridge to... <laughs> um, you know, have you had uh, any fans express their undying love for you kind of a thing? Um, uh, a lot of different questions. So it was it, that was very interesting. But I think, yeah, definitely uh, Enterprise Bingo is going to be going to become a thing. All right. What's well, number three? Uh, Turbo Lift 2 Floor Shout Challenge. Right. So in that one, Juan and number one are in the Turbo Lift. One, two, three. They both grab the turbo lift handle and turn it. And number one says bridge and lawn says engineering. <laughs> and the turbo lift comes back and says, heading to bridge. And number one's like, yes. <laughs> so oh, I, I'm not, let's not go through all these. Let's leave right. uh, some for the episode. But one, I wanted to call out was sneak a triple into the transporter buffer <laughs> yeah now that one they didn't show so i don't know what's going to happen there seems so, like if it's in the buffer and they and they beam somebody else in then maybe the triple appears with them when they come out that's yeah maybe. i'm just i'm like what we know about triples is like we we actually saw a 
there was an extra discovery episode about the scientist who basically made them into a bioweapon right on accident the discovery wow. uh, it was a star trek short yeah and yeah so, so not something you want to toy around with but yeah i mean if like since we know that like uhura is on the enterprise she wouldn't be, like the, the, this is a little bit messing with canon because in the trouble with tribbles episode uh no one really knows what tribbles are but i guess like it's part of enterprise lore to play this enterprise bingo game and right and you would think cadet ohura who's not really an ensign yet yeah. would probably be aware of enterprise bingo yep but maybe she just doesn't know, or maybe she hasn't seen a triple. So who knows? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but yeah, it's a lot of lot of fun stuff. So I, yeah, I really like the uh, the season so far. It's, it's great. And um, again, one of the one of my favorite things about the standalone episodes is that if you're, um, you know, if you've got an hour or so, maybe you're on a lunch break from work and you've got an hour to kill. Um, like Lynn and I do working from home, we can just throw on an episode of uh Star Trek Strange New Worlds and fit a whole episode in and not have to worry about, you know, okay, now we gotta now we gotta wait and uh you know, we're in a in the midst of a, a continuity issue with the with the whole season. So it's kind of nice just to be able to throw on a favorite episode and not have to start at the beginning and watch a whole season. All right. On that note, uh, let's move on. Seth, you wanted to talk about Love and Thunder. Specifically, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, mm -hmm. The new Thor movie that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, the trailer has been out for a while. And this is another uh, Taika Waititi uh, Thor movie. Ragnarok was so good, they're letting him do it again. And mm -hmm. I am really looking forward to this one. It's uh, so we now we we know a, a bunch of things about this. Uh, we're we're gonna see Thor uh, kind of looking for his place in the universe post Endgame. Uh, he is going to, uh, and the main plot of this is going to, or the the antagonist is going to be Gore, the God Butcher, uh, played by uh, Batman from uh, the the guy the guy who played uh, Batman in Nolan's Batman's Christian Bale. Christian Bale. So oh, interesting. He was in he was in the most recent trailer, looking really creepy, uh, and. I'm looking forward to that. So Gore's whole deal is uh, he had a really shitty life. Uh, his All his loved ones basically got murdered or died in horrible ways while the gods did nothing. Mm. And he finds a sword that effectively gives him enough power to just start killing gods, which is what he does. He's the god butcher. And hmm. so he's going to be going around 
murdering gods until he eventually gets to Thor, I'm guessing. So that should be pretty interesting. Uh, and add on to that, uh, we're going to see uh, Jane Foster, uh, Natalie Portman's Lady Thor, come in. And from the trailer, it looks like she's going to kick a lot of ass. In uh, Ragnarok, uh, Hela shattered Mjolnir, if you remember that. Yeah. And in the tra- from the in the trailers, we see her holding a reforged Mjolnir that still kind of looks shattered and whatnot. And in one scene, she actually makes the pieces of Mjolnir shatter again, sending them out from her in an explosion and then reforging them back into the hammer. Huh. So she's going to have some interesting things. And there's going to be some interesting interpersonal stuff going on between Thor and uh, Jane Foster. Because mm-hmm. she's like, how long has it been? Three years? And he's like, eight years, five months, 23 days, right. and five hours. And so one of them was clearly holding a bit more of a torch. And I'm, I'm, we never really found out like what happened I, to Jane post. Yeah, but yeah, and I guess given the time differences, that would add up to be about what the blip was. So for her, it's only been... X amount of years, but for be, him, yeah. it's actually been longer. I think Gina and I were talking about that because I was wondering why specifically she only thought it had been five and he had thought it had been eight, but the blip was about three years or so, I thought, three or four. Five years. Five so, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, five years. So for her, it's it's not been as long, and for him, it's been like forever. And he's been counting the days. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna get uh, more uh, Taika Waititi as uh, Korg Russell Crowe's going to be in it Uh, we're gonna get more Valkyrie with uh, Tessa Thompson so there's gonna be a lot of a lot going on in this movie and when does that come out? uh Let's see. It I think it's coming out in July uh, July 8th. Oh, nice. All so right. about a month from now. Yeah. And that I think that's gonna be a good one. I think it's they they have the ability to use this to open up more of the Marvel universe. because mm-hmm. uh, uh, gore is related to a number of different storylines. And Getting uh, Jane Foster's Lady Thor in there will also be really cool, although possibly incredibly tragic. Right. Because right. in the in the comics, I'm ho- I, I don't know if this will be a spoiler for the movie or not, but in the comics, Jane Foster has incurable late stage cancer, uh-huh. and. When she is not walking around transformed in her uh, Lady Thor form, she is extremely frail and close to death. So they they could go real hard with this and introduce us to this new character who we're all going to instantly love and then kill her 
to rip our hearts out. Hmm. I wonder if they'd go that far. Maybe. I don't know. It's a Taika Waititi movie, so that it, like, but I mean, I'm not putting it past him to to gut. I guess, I guess if we can lose Stark, we can lose anyone. So it depends on if they keep that aspect of her story from the comics. She might have just found the hammer and reforged it after getting unblipped. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, we're getting close on time here. Uh, Chris, you want to talk about a uh, couple uh, upcoming series and a is is There's, Willow a series? Uh, Willow is going to be a series. So Disney's okay. bringing back Willow. And uh, um, there's a really sweet trailer out there. You should all go check it out. And they've brought back some uh, uh, of the original cast, including uh, the main sorcerer there. So um, mm -hmm. this picks up uh, again in a time where, um, you know, you have to watch the trailer. There's not a lot about it uh, out yet, but, um, you know, it, it's some time has passed and uh, the main character is needed again. He needs to come back and, and help save everyone. So, so, so this is a sequel to the original? Yeah, it'll be a sequel to the original, and it's going to be a series. Oh, okay. And when does it premiere? So that one premieres going into, I want to say that was November. Okay. Uh, yeah, Willow's going to be November 30th, uh, 2022. So the trailer's out there, and uh, definitely worth checking out. What's it going to be on? Uh, this one is Disney+. Plus. Okay. Yep. All right. So, and then, uh, uh... Um, one sec here. Uh, there was one other thing to add on it. Okay. Uh, this is being developed by uh, Lucasfilm, by the way. Oh, interesting. Um, there's one other tidbit here. Lucasfilm out to make some more money. Yeah, Willow is. Yeah, so at this point, um, it doesn't give a clear timeline of how much time has passed, but at this point, uh, Willow is no longer like in the first in the first film. If you remember, he was kind of an apprentice of magic, uh, yeah. and at the end, he's 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 overcome this challenge of defor uh, defending uh, or defeating an evil sorceress. And this one, uh, by the time this series starts, uh, he is now the most powerful sorcerer in the land. Um, right. so, uh, he's definitely extremely powerful in this. They kind of give glimpses of that in the series. And, um, uh, the evil sorceress has actually returned and, um, she's about as crooked as she was before. So this is going to be an adventure. It's a series. Uh, I think this is going to do a great job with it. Uh, I am pretty excited because it's been a very long time since the original, uh, movie and, uh, right. to have, uh, to be able to bring back, um, at least uh, Willow uh, for this casting should be pretty epic. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be yeah. at least worth to watch the original movie before the series starts. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm planning right? on it. So, oh, yep. yeah. yeah. It's been forever yeah. since I've seen Willow. We should, that yeah, me should too. Be, uh, we should watch the movie and do an episode on it. That could be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, yeah that would be a good one to do. So, uh, uh, yeah, 1988 was the original release. So, yeah, it's been quite some time. All so, right. Uh, yeah, excited for that. The other one uh, coming yep. out is uh, Star Wars Andor, which is a uh, prequel to um, Rogue One. And this covers uh, Cassian uh, Andor 
uh, about five years, like I said, uh, before Rogue One and kind of where the rebellion starts to really start to form, uh, where you get mm. these different factions that are kind of rebellious against the Empire. So it was a very short trailer, um, didn't allude to too much, uh, but you can always guess when it comes to Star Wars, it's the good guys versus the Empire. And, right. uh, you know, it's this well, this story will kind of follow Andor and where his where he got his start. Sounds good. So. Yeah, and that one's right. slated to be released uh, even sooner. Um, I have that one too. So Andor is August thirty first, twenty twenty two. Okay, that'll give probably time for uh, the Obi Wan series to wrap up, and then. Yep. <clears throat> Very cool. All right, awesome. Well, uh, quite a few things to look forward to, and uh, quite a new good number of interesting good series out there to to watch now if you're a sci-fi fan uh star trek strange new worlds uh the boys of course as we talked about in our last episodes is yep. out now um so there's a lot of stuff out there now if i just had more hours in the day i could right. get to a lot of this stuff right <laughs> that's right so all right well sounds good well thank you for uh joining in and uh, all the good information there everybody and uh thank you all for watching we will look forward to talking to you next time. We'll have some more interesting stuff to talk about for sure. So take care. And until then, live long and prosper. Bye, y'all. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.